0: Hello and welcome to episode 557 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. as always, joined by Evan Silva. Today, we have one of the oldest, oldest friends of the show, Josh Norris, one of our fellow co-workers from the Roto-World days, now with Underdog Fantasy, with us. He has been grinding, and when I say grinding, this guy is watching 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 21-year-old men, how they move through the air. Oh, yeah. how they jump, how their burst is for mm-hmm. the last three months. He's emerged from his cave to talk about landing spots for these prospects with us. Josh, how's it going today?
1: Don't forget the truest sicko behavior. I go back and watch all of these post-draft press conferences from the head coaches and general managers as well. So yeah. take notes and I will uh, be deploying all of them to all of you over the next 40 minutes is As that article
2: up yet because that's i stopped writing article.
1: it evan i'm just okay. being honest i'm i, I just write okay. it in my notes and i don't want to spend the time of turning it into an article all right that,
2: that used to be like your best article
1: <laughs> <laughs> well if i put it out now it would be my only article so <laughs> uh as the coaches
0: lie through their teeth josh is there to record no, no, every no. every word of what they say no
1: josh looks through and and he can see through their lies if we can be honest adam they are their most truthful right after the draft yeah when they don't have to lie anymore and they're just happy with every single one of their selections that they made that's that's why i care yeah and, and, and they've, they've been drinking a
2: little bit you exactly. know they're, yeah they're all loosened up yep <laughs> On today's show,
0: we're going to talk about rookie landing spots for wide receivers and tight ends. On the previous show, we talked about quarterbacks and running backs. Be sure you check that out. Questions that remain on these guys is clear. You know, how do they fit in their new scheme? How do they fit with their new teammates? New teammates, what path do they have to putting up statistics? By the way, DraftKid Pro is live now. If you do not have an active DraftKit Pro subscription, you can check that in the My Account tab. On the site check that out 49.99 everything you need for best ball dynasty redraft this season all right josh let's get to wide receivers and tight ends jackson smith and jigba was the pretty big favorite to be the number one wide receiver off the board but not overwhelmingly so and we don't see a big gap here between him and quinton johnson and zay flowers and jordan addison at least in the nf way the nfl seemed to view it as they all went back to back to back now i thought jsn's landing spot was actually good. Like, Mm -hmm. man, I'm a Geno Smith believer. They were eighth in pass rate over expectation last year. Geno was incredibly, incredibly accurate. JSN can slide right into the slot between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yeah, it's a bit crowded there, but I think JSN quickly can earn a real role on a team that I think offense is actually going to be pretty good. So I actually like this spot for JSN
1: a lot. What do you think, Josh, of JSN and the Seahawks? and he's already being drafted as a top 30 wide receiver. I mean, he's going ahead of his teammate, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Brandon Iuke as wide receiver 29. Um, Pete Carroll's already come out and said that they're going to throw him to the slot right away. And it makes sense. And I understand his production wasn't massive last year, but when Marquise Goodwin signed with the Cleveland Browns, they didn't replace him at all. And that always stood out to me when doing mock drafts of, okay, that means the Seahawks are going to spend a priority pick on one of these players. Again, I would say Goodwin's explosive game is quite different than JSN's. But we always talk about like basketball rooms and basketball lineups for wide receiver cores. And you can't get much different between DK Metcalf, Alpha, Tyler Lockett, vertical bucket catcher, zero after the catch. And then what JSN is, which is like this extremely great spatial awareness feel over the middle of the field. And to your point about Geno, I understand it was shocking to see people or for people to see him play at that level but you can back me up on this where the stuff we did last year in terms of in pocket aggressiveness and downfield throwing translates year to year and so I'm I'm super amped of what the Seahawks offense can be in 2023
0: and they're far more willing to throw than they were at any yes. point in Russell Wilson I mean far more willing to throw so yeah I, I really like this spot for JSN Evan I saw you make a face when Josh said that JSN was going ahead of Tyre Lockett I know Tyre Lockett Is your boy? What do you think about the Seahawks' wide receiver room now?
2: I mean, Tyler Lockett's getting old. He's you know he's entering his age thirty one season at this point. So I I think it was a great pick, Um, but I I would still have Tyler Lockett ranked ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, At the same time, I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba can jump in and and catch seventy five balls in year one. Yeah,
0: let's go to Quentin Johnston goes twenty first overall to the chargers they pass on zay flowers they pass on jordan addison they instead go for the guy the big guy who looks best getting off the bus i assume he will play opposite big mike williams with keenan allen in the slot pushing josh palmer into the number four role josh how successful do you think Quentin johnston can be
1: in that role for the chargers yeah i think this was all about adding explosiveness to the offense because they have zero you know, like what we've been craving is speed and juice and actually some yards after catch threat. I think it's debatable if Quentin Johnson can translate his 8.9 yards after catch at TCU that he did in the NFL. But at the very least, you're getting like a vertical player with speed and with size. And Brandon Staley kept talking about how he's like a red line vertical player, which means he's like all the way in the outside. And just, you know, getting Kellen Moore and how he interchanged. Like let's say Michael Gallup and maybe the Mike Williams role, mm-hmm. and then Quentin Johnson and Keen Allen maybe alternate the the C D Lamb inside outside versatility, and obviously Amari Cooper in that dynamic too. It, it, it's exciting. Despite my reservations with Quentin Johnson, I bet we see him with a couple spike weeks because we really haven't seen like a true ceiling downfield throwing ability of this offense consistently week in and week out so far.
0: I mean, it's a tough role, Evan, to earn a lot of targets in. Austin Eckler is going to command a lot of targets. Big Mike and Keenan are going to command a lot of targets. We saw Josh Palmer play this role a little bit. And when those guys were healthy, Josh Palmer was relatively dusty. Now I get that Quentin Johnston's a better player. I just have concerns about the role right now. Any thoughts on Quentin Johnston to the Chargers?
2: Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, In in the top 150, which I'm, I'm building right now. Um, but I think he'll probably be somewhere in, like, the 120 range, 130. You know, he's going to be toward the back end of the, of the 150 uh, be, because Keenan Allen is such a target target monster. And, yeah. and Mike Williams is a target monster. And Austin Eckler is a target monster. And Gerald Everett is going to have a really big role. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to carve out, you know, immediate production right away for Quentin Johnston.
0: Yeah. And and I think there's also some concerns that Quentin Johnston, I mean, I know a lot of people had second round grades. Like I told Ross Tucker, I went on his show and Mm -hmm. I said I was betting Quentin Quentin Johnston to be the second wide receiver of the board of five to one. He like laughed. He was like, no one's taking Quentin Johnston in, in round one, you know? And so I think the NFL kind of had worse grades than this, than round one on Quentin Johnston.
1: Just to throw a, a wrench in your plans, Evan, at 121.30, he's being drafted as yeah. wide, or wide receiver 43
2: and 87 overall mm. and, right now on underdog, which is aggressive. And I like Corbin Johnston, but I mean, clearly I'm going to be behind ADP on him and I'm fine with that.
0: And we're already behind in our underdog rankings. We're at 99 overall, which as Josh said, is about 12 spots behind ADP right now. So if you're using
1: spike so Weeks is possible, yes, because like, yeah, he is right. the most explosive element of this offense. A big play is waiting to happen. 40, 50 yard touchdowns. And you can't. Can't say that just about with anyone else on that team. Period. Ravens take Zay Flowers at twenty second overall. I
0: thought this was bigger for Lamar Jackson than Zay Flowers himself. In other words, there's going to be volume concerns, and I get that. T- that Greg Roman is out and Todd Monkin is in. Still, Lamar Jackson's career high in passing yards is three thousand one hundred and twenty seven. I mean, last year he was only averaging two hundred and three pass yards per game before getting hurt, and now you have Flowers. Rashad Bateman's healthy. Odell is there. Mark Andrews likely. Nelson Aguilar. I mean. It's going to be hard for Lamar to support all these guys. And so I have major volume concerns for Zay Flowers, but
1: it's really good for Lamar. Josh, any thoughts on Zay Flowers to the Ravens? No, I mean, I just want to draft a Lamar Jackson as quarterback for, you know, like what what stood out to me at the beginning of last year is in the opening three games when Rashad Bateman was healthy and able to win in isolated coverage, um, Lamar Jackson threw for 10 touchdowns, right? And then the rest of the yeah, season, he got off to a
2: super hot start last yeah. year, if you
1: remember. Yeah. Right. The rest of the season, he only threw for seven touchdowns. And I know he missed games towards the end of the year, but this team was obviously craving someone other than Mark Andrews. And, but to your point, Adam, it's not just Zay Flowers they add to it or just a healthy Rashad Bateman. You also throw an Odub back in, which they paid a shit ton of right. money for. So I have no idea what to do with this other than Zay Flowers is really good with the ball in his hands. And he can create with what opportunities he has. I just don't know to the degree of the opportunities he's going to receive. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're even further behind on Zay flowers, uh, than we were on Quentin Johnston Zay flowers, ADP is 92. We have him 111. So, I mean, you know, we're really far behind on Zay flowers right now. Let's go to, let's go to Jordan Addison next pick 23 to the Vikings. Obviously, they did not think much of Adam Thielen or didn't want to pay Adam Thielen immediately. I think get an upgrade and a cheaper replacement in Jordan Addison. Three wide wide receiver set is Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and Jordan Addison. We know TJ Hawkinson was smashing once he got to the Vikings last year. I'll start with you this time, Evan. Any thoughts on Jordan Addison's landing spot here with Minnesota?
2: Yeah, I, I feel like opinions on Jordan Addison as a player were a little bit all over the map. I mean, you had Daniel Jeremiah up there having like the, as the number nine player in the entire draft. Uh, he goes late one. He reminded me of Jahan Dotson, who I think is going to be a fine player in the NFL, but just not super excited about him in fantasy. And Justin Jefferson is such an alpha. And TJ Hawkinson was an alpha mm-hmm. when he went to Minnesota, so... I don't know. What, what do you think, Josh? Well, I think it's understandable why Jordan Addison is being drafted
1: ahead of QJ and Zay on underdog right now as wide receiver 35, just because other than Justin Jefferson, it was KJ Osborne and nothing else. If we're just talking about wide receivers, right? And early last season, I believe the team understood they had to make a move in order to get someone like TJ Hawkinson because really coverages probably alter their, their defense-based Well, let's say in relation to Justin Jefferson, more than any other wide receiver in the league. And so I think the Vikings understand, Hey, if we have another guy on the outside, you can also play on the inside and they get like some of the most convenient coverages across Mm -hmm. the NFL. If he can win his one-on-one isolated matchup, they could have big weeks They we can win big games, so on and so forth. And I think Addison has that ability. Like he has that route running. He has that ability to be press. He, he still wins despite maybe average athleticism at the catch point and, and after the catch. So from that department, I really like it. And like the talent just rising to the top immediately. I bet Jordan Addison is out there already in three wide receiver sets.
0: Agreed for sure. And he is not cheap right now. 71st overall, like Josh said, wide receiver 35. We have him as the wide receiver 36 right now. So pretty in line with the market for us on. Jordan like just Addison.
1: go win some one-on-ones and Jordan Addison can have an awesome rookie season.
0: And I know? mean, Yeah, of course. And like Kirk Cousins is going to have 300, 400 yard games this year. Like he's going to have some really big games. He always does have those big yardage games. After the wide receiver run happened, the tight end run happens. I don't, I'm honestly already tired of talking about Dalton Kincaid, like, (laughs) but he goes 25 to the bills in a trade up. Obviously they desperately needed help in the middle of the field. They desperately needed weapons behind Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. So Evan and I have talked about this a ton already. We expect Dalton Kincaid to be a regular slot player in the move tight end spot. Any disagreement on Dalton Kincaid's role with the Bills, Josh?
1: No, my only point, and I thought about this prior to watching Brandon Bean's press conference, who's the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, he brought up his time with Ken Dorsey and the Carolina Panthers when they had Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson during Cam Newton's rookie season. I could envision the same exact thing with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. He said he expects defenses to continue to play them in nickel, even when they are in 12 personnel, which does some fun and exciting things. It's just like, we talked about this a lot prior to the draft. It is so difficult for, and there's a huge barrier to hit, but for tight ends to be 1000 yard pass catchers, you know, and you have to be insane athletes to do it. And the guys that do it, do it consistently, unless your name is like Gary Barnage, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just don't have an athletic profile in Dalton Kincaid. Like he's going to be a good player. I just wonder if he's going to be like a 600 to 750 yard player and not hit that like true elite tight end every single year. That's the sure. only question I have here.
0: Yeah. And, but I mean, you know, 700 yards of the tight end position these days is huge, not bad for fantasy, yeah. you know, not bad. And we do have Don Kincaid ranked pretty high, not as high as the market though. We have him tight end 11 market is at tight end 11. I mean, people are excited about Don Cade and, and we're probably, you know, all of us are probably partially responsible for that. Tweeting out a bunch of Don Kincaid propaganda about being the slot guy, but yeah, we'll cover that more as it moves along. Evan, Sam Laporta goes top of round two to the Lions. Now, there's a lot of opportunity here for Sam Laporta. Yeah, they have Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs, but no Jameson, uh Williams the first six weeks. That dude hasn't played in forever. And honestly, like I said, not a lot of target earners behind those guys. So I like the landing spot for Sam Laporta. It's just hard for me to get too excited about rookie tight ends. Mm-hmm. Evan, what do you think about Laporta here with the Lions?
2: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's just it. I mean, it it was a great pick. He can jump in right away. He has that athletic profile really that uh, Michael Mayer did not have. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was also a player who like Michael Mayer was uh, the, the object of every defense's attention and was still very, very productive uh, for two, for two whole seasons at Iowa. Um, And the Iowa tight ends, like the history of Iowa tight ends is just, I mean, these dudes can enter the NFL and play, but he's a rookie tight end. Um, and, you know, he's going to be like in the tight end 15 to 18 range for me, probably.
0: Oh, he'll be. Yeah. And, and you'll be ahead of market on him there. He's currently sure. going as the as the tight end 23. We have him as tight end 25. I I would say that one strategy, I think for people listening that are best ball bros, boot tight end, three tight ends late yes. is an interesting yes. strategy that uh, the team that I actually won with last year was three tight ends late. I had Albert O, Isaiah Likely, and Johnny Smith, uh, and I got there somehow. And like the idea is that um, instead of burning premium picks on tight end, which outside of Travis Kelsey has been often torching money over the last few years, you just say, screw it, I'm going to take three and hope that I get a touchdown right. out of one of them each week. Josh, I'm curious how you think about Laporta versus Mayer this season in fantasy and how
1: you'd compare their landing spots. Yeah, Hayden talked about that strategy a lot heading into last year, like almost like Dr. Franken signing your tight end room just in the hopes of scoring a touchdown. And I think mm-hmm. it's super sharp, super sharp. Um, speaking of touchdowns, the Lions last year's set their tight end record for 12 touchdowns in a single season. Um, and that was, you know, trading TJ Hawkinson at the deadline. So the other names in the tight end room are Brock Wright, James Mitchell, um, and Derek D. C. Jr. So I think Sam Laporta might have the best chance in a Ben Johnson-led offense to help them score yeah. six points near the end zone.
0: I mean, no doubt to me, Laporta clearly over Mayer. We have Laporta tight end 25, Mayer tight end 31. Josh, any thoughts on Michael Mayer? Evans has been here defending Michael Mayer from relentless attacks from both the NFL and <laughs> uh, athleticism bros and everything. He's been defending Michael Mayer. Any right. thoughts on Michael Mayer as a Raider?
1: Yeah, I would say and I don't know if this was Evan, whoever, uh, gave him the baby Gronk moniker needs to go take a long walk around the block. Um, I think it was better than comparing him to Austin Hooper. (laughs) Look, the, the big, we, we all know the original baby Gronk Evan was Troy Nicholas. Remember that name? (laughs) Another Notre Dame tight end. Another Notre Dame tight end. But but, but Troy Nicholas wasn't good though. No. The thing with Michael Mayer is he was I think portrayed is just like this massive in-line tight end that would like block your face off and that's it. And actually when you go and watch him at Notre Dame, he did way more than that. Like you go and turn on the UNC game, he was getting like push passes and split, you know, out of the, and detached from the formation on passing downs like 63% of the time. So he was obviously their number one pass catcher, but that's really good and true versatility for an NFL team too. So he's not just like this traditional wide tight end end in the line of scrimmage. And I think that, if he does have production as a rookie that will help for sure
0: joshua i know i know a guy you were excited about as a laundry fan of the carolina panthers laundry was jonathan oh, yes. mingo jonathan mingo you know they have dj chark they have adam Thielen, they have terrace marshall they have lavisca but like that is not tough customers to overcome if you think jonathan mingo can ball i could see him having a role right away here With Bryce Young, Josh, what do you think about Mingo to the Panthers?
1: So I made a call and asked what their grade was on Jonathan Mingo. And the three-word answer I got was high as fuck. Um, (laughs) 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 So I think Jonathan Mingo is going to come in here and play a lot early on. Uh, Shallow routes, crossing routes, vertical shots. Um, I think Adam Thielen might play a bit more as like kind of a slot hybrid player. DJ Chark as a contested catch guy down the field and maybe really do get Jonathan Mingo on these like after catch opportunities. He's such a weird profile that the true spreadsheet guys have a tough time understanding why he is beloved because of just traits, because like when you go back and look at his profile, like 103 yards against central Arkansas and 247 yards against Vanderbilt and nothing else happened. But his previous year before he had like three surgeries or two surgeries on his foot, he was going to have an outstanding season with Matt Corral at quarterback. Two out of three games were off the charts. And then again, he suffers an injury. So I, I'm banging on the traits here. I love Jonathan Mingo's game and Frank Reich could not um quell his optimism. Let's put it that way yeah. with just the hopes of him um being an immediate impact player. And I think they have a real role in mind for him and will scheme up the routes and the type of touches for him to win after the catch. And to me, that's music to my ears. And I'm drafting him so much right now in underdog where he's going.
0: Yeah, he is uh, among the rookies. Like rookies are getting so much hype right now, but Jonathan Mingo is not. I mean, you can get Jonathan Mingo 132nd overall, looks like his ADP right now. Josh, I want to go back to you for this Packers stuff. I actually think that the biggest steal right now in people for people drafting right now is actually Jaden Reed. Like the biggest deal among the rookies right now is actually Jaden Reed. I, I know that people have questions about Jordan love. I know people are in love with Christian Watson. And I think part of the reason that people aren't excited about Jaden Reed is that they didn't expect him to go in the second round, right? Like the Packers yeah. have a pretty good history of taking second round wide receivers. I trust their talent eval to take him in round two. I, I didn't hear about him going around two at all in the draft lead up, but anyways, he is going so late right now and I don't think it's crazy for him to start right away and I don't think Christian Watson is like a oh let's feed this guy 10 15 targets a game I think Christian Watson is awesome but I don't want him to be a load-bearing wideout. so I could see Jaden Reed having a real role early we have him uh, 162nd overall which is 21 spots ahead of ADP we are right now on like Jaden that. Reed Norris any thoughts
1: here on Reed and the Packers so the Packers lost their top three slot snap pass catchers last year. Randall Cobb at 209. Al Lazard had 195. Robert Tunyon, 151. Their next closest, I think, is Watson at like 86 or something. Um, Gene Reed wasn't like a full-time slot guy. Like there were a bunch of those in this year's class, but he did play about a quarter or a fifth of his snaps there each of the past two years. Now, the other part of this, Adam, is they also sandwiched him with two other tight end picks mm-hmm. that they made in Luke Musgrave and in Tucker Craft. So I would expect like, again, a Dr. Frankenstein approach of maybe... All three of those guys becoming the slot pass catcher for the Green Bay Packers this year. But again, just hearing Brian Gunakun's talking about him, they think he's a great complement skill wise to what Christian Watson is, to what Romeo Dobbs is. And whenever I hear that, to me, that shouts this guy in OTAs and training camp is going to get an early opportunity. And if he can play, then he's going to be out there on the field. And I don't think we're accounting enough for that right now in underdog drafts.
0: I know a lot of people. Were uh, super high on Romeo Dobbs. I thought Romeo Dobbs' rookie year was, like, fine for where he went, but still mm-hmm. not, like, a great NFL player, right? Like, I don't think it's crazy to think that Jaden Reed immediately can move ahead of Romeo Dobbs, so, yeah.
2: One thing I really liked about Jaden Reed is that, you know, he's he's not a big receiver, but, I mean, he's not – I mean, he's 5'11", 187, so he's just average in terms of size, was awesome in the return game, really good with the ball in his hands, something to keep in mind, and I, I agree with you. I think he's going to play early and play often. All right, Evan. The people are angry with your Rishi Rice take. Uh, uh uh,
0: Evan <laughs> Evan uh is going full 3.9 on Rishi Rice. I honestly don't know a lot about the guy, only mostly from what Evan has said on here. Evan, do you want to push back on the people at all? Are you sticking with your Rasheed Rice love in dynasty rookie drafts and will that carry
2: over to redraft I guess is a question too yeah what I said was just that based on and this was a very small wide receiver class okay it wasn't a good wide receiver class but in terms of college production Rasheed Rice was extremely productive this past year size and athleticism and then you factor in you know the draft capital the Chiefs went and traded up for him in the second round his landing spot like this dude won the draft Mm -hmm. um and and, and, w- and when, once you get to a certain place in dynasty rookie drafts, I think it's like pick seven or pick eight, it just opens up and you can pretty much just take whatever whoever you want because yeah. there's a clear six or seven, and then it's like Rasheed Rice can absolutely be at, at the top of your list. I, I don't hate this take from Evan Josh at all because like
0: obviously I'm looking for people attached to Patrick Mahomes. I think the right. way it goes bad is the C H case, right? Like C E H, nobody really likes C E H. Like oh, he's on the Chiefs, but. And the chiefs took him in the first round. So he has to be good. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's a little scary for me there, but I think generally just like trying to be high on guys attached to Patrick Mahomes makes sense to me, Josh, what are your thoughts on Rasheed Rice as a chief?
1: Well, to double down with that, Patrick Mahomes spends part of his offseason in Dallas every year and pre-draft Rasheed Rice and Patrick Mahomes did a little throwing session. And just like Mahomes advocated for the CH pick, I wouldn't be shocked if there was some Rasheed Rice propaganda in there as well. Um, just quickly. I mean, they basically described him as a running back after the catch explosive, he's bigger, so you can work in the slot. I don't know, like while I had some skyboard optimism, which was tidal waved by everyone else's ridiculous optimism for him last year. Um, that's not like a huge barrier to overcome when it, when it gets to opportunity, however. What we have seen is it's Travis, Kelsey, and everyone else, right? Even when you spend money in MVS, he can get rotated out in two wide receiver sets or three wide receiver sets. And then they can throw three tight ends out there on the field. So I'm not sure if Rice is going to his rookie year, stake his claim, be on the field in every single one of these looks. But based on what Evan is saying and where we're able to get him, a case can 100% be made that his optimism is better than a bunch of the other guys that have a similar ADP around him.
0: It's really hard. I mean, we have Kadarius Toney pretty clearly as the best oh, fantasy yeah. asset on the Chiefs by a pretty wide margin, but you can make a case for Sky, MVS, or Rashi Rice to be the next best fantasy asset there. And so it's really hard, you know, r- really, really hard. We'll have to see what we can do. And I do think they're just going to rotate a lot, period. So just is what it is. The Marvin Mims pick, Josh, I mean, 63 overall to the Broncos, last pick of round two. I thought it was a good landing spot for Marvin Mims in that Russ is a very good deep ball thrower. And from what I understand, Marvin Mims is a very good deep ball receptor. I think bad, however, in that they have Jerry Judy, Corton Sutton, Tim Patrick, Greg Dolchich. I mean, they have a lot of guys to catch the football on a throw game that was abysmal last year. So I think not the cleanest landing spot for Marvin Mims. I know he has a lot of fans, though.
1: Josh, what do you think about Mims as a Bronco? I am nervous that, like, Corton Sutton is dust a little bit just in terms of the juice that he has remaining. Obviously, Tim Patrick is coming back from a season where he probably had huge expectations as a big slot guy. Um, it's always interesting when someone like Sean Payton comes to a team and while they didn't change general managers and George Payton is still there when Sean Payton is like the head coach of a team, he has so much say in things and them sticking their claim to Jerry Judy, getting the fifth year option means to me, he is a Sean Payton guy Mm -hmm. and little whispers that I heard prior to the draft was that the team wanted to move up from their 63rd and 64th overall picks to go get a target and obviously Marvin Mims was that guy for him. So like this is Sean Payton guy through and through. So yeah, from a vertical ability at worst to me, he would be like your wide receiver three with big play explosiveness and you kind of grow from there. But I don't know if we're going to see like, again, a two wide receiver set player during his rookie season. Yeah. Marvin Mims is going 179th overall.
0: We have him slightly below that. Just hard to see a, a clean path here. For sure. I should note, though, Evan, that there was a lot of rumors over the last few months that the Broncos were at least shopping or hearing offers for both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. So, you know, maybe they're not that high on Sutton specifically, especially. So, Yeah.
2: Yeah. There were like strong links between Cortland Sutton and the Ravens, I think, Mm -hmm. at one point. Um, And I I, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they still end up trading them. Yeah. Cortland Sutton. Two more
0: quick ones I wanted to just hit on here fast. Ah, uh, Jalen Hyatt lasts until the middle of round three, and I know I saw some mocks where Jalen Hyatt was in round one. Obviously, the NFL did not think as highly of Tennessee's quote-unquote gimmicky offense as some people did, but Jalen Hyatt at least has some speed, which I know the Giants wanted. They have a very crowded wide receiver room now, though. Josh, how do you think Jalen Hyatt fits with the Giants?
1: Yeah, the wide receiver room for the Giants is is fascinating because it's somewhat similar types. In Sterling Shepard, who's best in the slot, Paris Campbell, who's probably best in the slot. And then Wandale Robinson, who everyone loves, and I never got the ADP earlier in the off season because he is a pure slot player coming off a torn ACL. But they don't really have other than like Darius Slayton, who was making one massive play each week for this wide mm-hmm. receiver room. Someone with like I would say Ted Ginn esque during his rookie year, maybe skill set like Jalen Hyatt. Um, I, it's probably just going to be how much they can incorporate him if he doesn't like grasp the entire playbook uh, immediately, because coming from that. Tennessee offense, where he literally had 12 yards of a runway, and it's just running in a straight line or choice routing it back to the quarterback, like that. That's tough to do in a Mike Kafka Brian Day ball offense. So I'm sure we'll get a couple big plays, and if he does take a big jump during the preseason, we see that I will be more in because again, I think he offers a different skill set than the rest of a same old same old that they kind of have with the Giants offense right now.
0: Yeah, we're pretty low on on high. We're like 16 spots behind. ADP on him, just really hard for me personally to see it with all of the options that they have there, at least in year one for Jalen Hyatt. Evan, last one I wanted to bring up was Josh Downs. Mm -hmm. Josh Downs slot man for Anthony Richardson. They take him at the end of round three. I thought that was a pretty good spot and not a crazy thing to think, hey, Josh Downs can immediately step in and be a security blanket of sorts for Anthony Richardson. Evan, any thoughts on downs to indy and anybody we did not mention that you wanted to bring up
2: i just think that their team pass volume is going to be very very low and so it's going to be hard for any of the pass catchers to really make dents in fantasy josh downs might might have a few spikes maybe but he ain't going to be in the top 150 though
0: yeah agreed josh any thoughts on downs and then anybody we did not mention that you wanted to bring up their landing spot
2: I do really like Josh Downs. He, he
1: is someone, despite his size, played a lot bigger than himself. Like, he won more contested catches than Quentin Johnson did, despite them being, like, a foot apart in height and weight. Um, do you know who I keep taking with the Indianapolis Colts is Alec Pierce at wide receiver 63, mm-hmm. a ton oh, yeah. of. Because yeah. you couldn't have gotten a worse skill set with Alex Pierce. Alec Pierce to – Fit with last year in Matt Ryan, Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger versus now, obviously, Anthony Richardson, who was at his best throwing 10 plus yards down the field. And he is always there in like the Jalen Hyatt, KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen range. And so I am all over Alec Pierce Mm -hmm. where where he wins perfectly fits with the quarterback stylings that he has too. love it. Absolutely
0: love it. All right. That is going to do it for this rookie fallout wide receiver and tight end addition josh tell the people again where they can find you make sure they know this time for real yes. where they where they can find your work
1: quickly go to your cell phone go to youtube type in underdog fancy football and just hit that subscribe button hey now you're going to be churning out a ton of high quality fancy football and best ball content all summer long because you guys crave it
0: That's full-blown it. youtube bros full-blown youtube bros while you watch their videos, I bet our videos get suggested. So just go down there and then, and then you'll, you'll see ETR videos suggested as well. No, we do have videos on our YouTube also that you won't find on this podcast. Be sure you are subscribed. That is going to do it for Evan. For old friend Josh, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.